You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweets and successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's necessary and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What up, homie? What up, homie? How you doing today? Burnt my dang lip on this coffee, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to help you out, man. Yeah, wait. I know it. And here I am being greedy. <laughs> That's like so typical me. Like, how much can I get in at the last minute? Like at uh-huh. 9.32, I get back from getting my coffee. And I'm like, okay, I know I got to record at 9.30, but breakfast looks really good right now. <laughs> so <laughs> here I was. <laughs> Scarfing down breakfast. <laughs> hey, man, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with squeezing out that last little bit, right? Story of my life. You, you're right, but it's, it's helped you to get to this point. Right, you yeah. got to get every little bit out. Get every bit out of it, man. Are you the same way with, like, toothpaste? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, like, me and Adrian used to fight over this all the time in college. Like, I don't squeeze the toothpaste from anywhere. I have to squeeze it from the bottom. Yeah. Like let's not just and then come on let's roll it and let's get let's get yeah you roll oh yeah I roll fam I, I don't roll I, I, <laughs> don't get me wrong I like pushing well okay okay when I first get the tube there's that complacency that says oh I can push this from the middle cool but nah. then I get about halfway and I start to push from the bottom <laughs> I don't get to the point of rolling yeah, unless roll. times are hard there's been times I done cut that sucker open and scoop the toothbrush like this what. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in there just like this, bro. Stir it up. Stir it up. I got to get every little bit. I got to get every little bit. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Look, man, I'm not going to hold our guest long. I want to. I want him to be able to jump in on this. I'm curious where, where he squeezes the toothpaste from. Uh, so I'm going to introduce our guest who, first off, touts himself as an undisputed process nerd. He is the owner of the company Transparency, and I'll let him tell you about that here shortly. Dedicated to eliminating tedious tasks using mind-blowing automation. That's right. We got a real tech nerd, and he said that I'm okay with calling him a nerd. So with that, he's committed to adding a bit of humanity back into the workplace, and he and I talked about this. There's a concept, a couple of topics that we're going to dive into today, but One of the things that really drew me to our guest today is he partners with so many different organizations and nonprofits around the Tampa Bay community that is looking to help people of the community. Please welcome Mr. A.J. Hawley. A.J., welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course. I knew we had to get you on the show, man. Uh, you and our good friend Hans, which is how you uh, you came to us, which I know he already uh, is upset with me for getting you on the show before him. But that's OK, Hans. We got you. You're on next week. It's snooze you lose, man. He had every opportunity. <laughs> 
And he said it with no remorse, no sin. Not at all. Every opportunity. I know. I said, sheesh. (laughs) Savage. (laughs) That's my kind of guy there. (laughs) He had every opportunity to come on the show. That's his fault. Anyway, moving on, man. Welcome to the show. So, AJ, AJ, man, we definitely appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, You found the show through Hans, um, you know, when we did that interview with him, man, and you've been rocking and supporting us ever since, and we totally appreciate that. And I want to personally say thank you for the connections that you've introduced me and us to because it's helping us to grow and expand, man. You you really are living your purpose, and we wanted our audience to hear, hear that and meet you, man. So welcome again. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, Absolutely. One of my favorite things to do is connect people that are like-minded and have a, the same kind of common interests and can help each other. It's we all rise together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's do this. We always kick the show off with a what blew your mind. So Shane, take it away, man. What blew your mind this week? Uh, Pretty simple. People can't uh, buy your products, uh, interact with you, check out your podcast, go to your venues, buy your music if they don't know it's there. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that simple. Um, hurt. I, I, hurt. I think I've talked about it so my... much. I think I've talked about it a little bit before. Like um, the song at the end of the pod, at the end of the pod, is actually a song that I produced with my wife. And I think I've said that part, but I don't think I've ever said it's available on iTunes. Nope. It's called Go by CJ DeJour. So here we are for the last 52 plus weeks. We had a product that we could have been promoting. We could have been selling. We could have been telling you about. And not one single solitary time that I actually say go to iTunes and stream and buy Go by CJ DeJour. So Bro. I think all of us have ideas. All of us have something we want to sell. All of us have something we want to offer to the world. But if said world does not know it's right there, they can't use it. Bro. And you have so many more things that you do that you need to promote as well as I do that, you know, this self-promotion yeah. thing, man, it is. This self-promotion thing is, is hard. It's, it's hard, but you have to introduce yourself to the world. Uh, man, I was in a clubhouse room, matter of fact, two days ago, and they were talking about this, like awareness. Awareness is the first step to promoting whatever it is that you offer. And they call it you have to have a lead magnet, right? First, you got to introduce yourself to people so that they know you exist because you could be the best kept secret. But then you need a lead magnet, a product that you can give them that draws them into that web of everything else you do in your world. Uh, AJ, I'm pretty sure you, I mean, you one, you have a business. You uh, have to promote that business. Like, talk about this. Do you struggle with self-promotion or how do you overcome that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do. I definitely struggle with it. And it's one of the things that I think I, mean, I got incredibly lucky because uh, when I started my business, I had someone like a client just right off the bat and just landed uh, what you would consider a whale right off the bat, you know, mm. and it was one of those things where we're going to put a contract together and get you a contract for a year. Are you good with that? And I was like, a contract for a year, you said, um, sure, that's what I'll take. And so it worked out, you know, it's one of those things. So, but it's something that is constantly looming in the back of my mind. Like, how do I get the next thing? What, how, how do I get another opportunity? And what, where do I, 
create my own uh, niche, you know, where I can go in and say, this is mine and this is where I live and here's what I can do for you that's completely different than anybody else that is in uh, my industry. Yeah, yeah, because that's what that's what people want to know. I mean, all of us are the same when a stranger approaches us or calls us or a yeah. business approaches us. We're wondering, who are you? What do you want? And what's in it for me? Right. And as a business owner, you have 30 seconds to 60 seconds to try to answer those three questions. And so forming a pitch, as they call it. Right. Yeah. Who are you? What do you want? And what's in it for me? you know, helps the customer to make that quick decision as to whether or not they're going to buy, you know, they might have a couple of questions after the fact, but that that's all you get. And that's hard to do to formulate if you don't practice it, if you don't practice it. So like, do you, your business, tell us about your business. Sure. So I'm an independent consultant and I do one second. Oh, what? Independent consultant. Oh, I didn't know. Is that a, like independent? I didn't know what the word was or epidemic. I didn't hear you. Sorry. Go ahead. Independent consultant. No. Independent consultant. And maybe I'll talk about that too. Uh, <laughs> independent <laughs> consultant. Uh, and I do, I use the Microsoft power platform and Microsoft dynamics to help organizations automate their businesses, track uh, pretty much anything. So anything from, if it's a call center, their calls coming in and, and how they maintain that customer experience. If it's their sales organization, how do they take leads, turn those into opportunities and finally turn those into orders or, you know, actually monetary value, right? How do they generate new leads and how do they track the whole process from start to finish? So it's the operation side of any organization, that backbone. And then on top of that, using the power platform to do automation. So instead of you having to copy paste from A, B, and C, you can just have a tool do that for you and notify somebody else. And so now I've taken away the menial job of you being able to, you know, having to sit down and do all that step and spend 40 minutes to do that. And then now it's, uh, it's done for you. So, so you in essence build an employee for a customer, an extra employee that quote unquote, they don't necessarily have to hire. Uh, maybe. So, I mean, it's, it's possible that that happens and that's, happened in a nonprofit. They, they did say that, that I, I worked with. They said it was like having an extra employee on staff that they didn't have because they had that much more time back in their day. But I think if we're looking at the point of this show, the purpose of what I do is to take those menial tasks that you spend literally your life doing and automating it, making it so it's you can focus on the things that you have human talent for interacting with people, talking, um, figuring out problems like th that sort of stuff versus I can copy paste because my hand can click on a mouse and go from here to here. Yeah. Right? So, so basically to allow the flexibility to scale. Right. And, and that's, and I mean, really that's the next level of business. We all should be moving to some system and form of automation um, to, <laughs> to free up our time to right. go out and create more money. And that's the conversation that AJ and I had, you know, and in exploring him coming on the show was um, how can you help 
give someone back their time. That's one of the one of the things that AJ you you push and I hear you promote and you talk about is um, I believe the the term was trading life for labor, mm-hmm. trading life for labor, which was I think a bar in itself. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So every day when we show up to work, we have eight to 10 hours where we have to do something, right? So, and we signed a contract when we signed up for that job that this is the amount of work that I'm going to do for you for the amount of money that I'm going to get in return and stability and I can pay for my things, et cetera, right? But what I've found throughout my career in many, many different spaces, that time isn't used effectively. And it's not by the employee, it's by the company, and the company says, well, uh, I need you to work 10 hours, but they don't give you 10 hours worth of work. It's not the second that you sit down at your desk or the second that you go, you clock in, you are working for 10 hours straight. It's you've got maybe four hours worth of work to do. And then another four hours of just stuff, right? And, and that stuff is the side conversations, it's meetings that you're in, it's uh, updating status reports, it's like the the general things that you're doing to, su- to support the organization, but it's not really s- stuff that makes you valuable or that you unique or that you can be measured for, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like it goes into your annual review that said, you did all your status reports. Unless you're a project manager, you know, does that really matter? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that... I find infuriating is that you, you watch people go from application to application to application because the organization isn't willing to invest in that employee and say, how could I make your job easier? It's this is cost effective to the company. Ooh, man, you just stepped on some toes there. You, it's some organizations who are listening to this right now going, ooh, that hurt a little bit. So how do you... How do you come into an organization and identify where you can help them to do this better in terms of automation, or are they responsible for telling you? It's a bit of both. I think, and I'll share a story. So when I was consulting for another company, I would come into an organization day one. So the salespeople already sold the job and it was my job to deliver what the salespeople sold. Right. And so I would walk into a room and it would be a boardroom of people with some C-level people, some directors, and then uh, occasionally a few of the business stakeholders, the people that do the day-to-day work in that meeting. And then I would start out with, what do you hate most about your job? And that direct question would, it would spur in some conversation. People would come in and say, yeah, well, on Mondays, I hate the fact that I have to do this. And that's the low hanging fruit. That's the easy stuff that it's like, cool. If I can do that, I can give something to somebody immediately. And they go, I don't have to do that check. Right. So that's the stuff that I, I love coming in to do and saying, well, you've got this stuff that you hate doing. Can we automate that? Right. And sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. It all depends on the nature of what it is that they hate. You know, they it's like I hate my coworker because he clips his toenails in the office. I can't fix that. Right. But if it's something like uh I have to 
scan through this Excel spreadsheet that gets sent to me overnight. And then I have to take out parts of it and put it over in this other spreadsheet that management reads at a hundred percent can be automated. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So you'll, I guess your title, you said independent consultant, correct? Mm -hmm. How, tell us the journey to becoming an independent consultant for our audience who may not know, because I know I don't know. How do you become an independent consultant? Uh, trial and error I, I found <laughs> is that the error that you were looking for as, a, as, is, most, as is most of life yeah yeah no I, I think for me it was different uh so I was working for a consulting firm like I was saying and I found myself falling into the same roles the same positions now this particular organization didn't believe in uh, evaluations or looking at you and so you would uh, in fact, my last uh, annual review or at least evaluation was 2012. Hmm. And so that's the last time that someone sat down and said, you've got these skills, you've done really well here, here's where you could improve, go on. Hmm. And some people are like, oh, that sounds amazing. And you know, it could be, but at the same time, you don't grow from that, right? You don't grow from no one looking at you and you just kind of, you meander, right? Yeah. And I felt like I was meandering for a long time. And I distinctly recall one day where I just, I was done. I felt completely finished and the project that I was on wasn't using me the way that I thought that they should. Uh, I wasn't getting a whole lot of traction from, you know, change management and the things that I felt were important that we needed to do for that project. And all I had to do that day was send an email and it was an update email. I was laying on my office floor, sitting there going, I have to do this. I have to send an email. And it was so hard to get up the energy to just send a three sentence email to five people. And I found that, uh, by the way, that's classic depression. If you haven't, uh, looked into that. So what was the holdup? What was the, the block that was just stopping you from sending the email? I just couldn't do it. Like I it just physically could not get off the ground and put my mental capacity into sending an email. And I was like, something has to change. Something's broken here. And you know, it was me effectively. Uh, I was the broken one. So what I ended up doing, um, I talked to a few people about it and I was like, all right, I need, I need a career change. I need something different. So I was like, maybe it was, maybe consulting was the thing that I wasn't really supposed to do. And so then I moved and got a job at a lo local company and did the same thing that I was doing before just internally. And a lot of people go from consulting to the customer uh, and that side of it, uh, the management side of it. And I found myself in a situation there where I was working with outside consultants. So the people that had my job before, right. Or the job that I had before working with them and I was teaching them how to do some things and, you know, and working with them that they were getting paid more than I was getting paid to do things that I'm like, well, you should just be able to do this. You should be able to come in and take it over. And I didn't see the corollary there of like, why did, why I need to do that? Um, I started talking to my wife about it and she'd known that I was kind of unhappy before and I was unhappy in, in this role. And so I said, well, what can I do to change that? And I said, I really want to start my own business. I've wanted to do an employee engagement uh, company for a long time. I had that in my head that that's where I wanted to go. And the startup for that was 
the ramp up, I, at, least, at least from the education side, was hard. So I didn't know a whole lot about HR. And that's kind of where you would have to find that niche of your talent and skills and knowledge. Mm. I didn't, didn't have that, but I, I'm passionate about growing people. So I said, how can I take that same concept with the skills that I have? And then I came up with, I can do this on my own through automation, give back to people. And uh, my wife 100% supported the idea, she, kind of, <laughs> I think. <laughs> That she supported the idea. Let me say that when I said, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do this on my own. She's that, like, that oh, was the hard well, maybe, maybe just hold off on that. You know, we got a house and bills to pay. That's, you know, which fair, but her concern was more of how are we going to do it? Not, I don't trust you to be able to do it. Cause I know that at the end of the day, you're going to do whatever it takes to make us stable. Right. And then finally, I had a mentor that uh, in the BA community, uh, he, I'd met him a couple of times at different speaking events, and I had been flirting with the idea of wanting to speak and, you know, just do different things. Uh, and I had talked to him. He said that he was going to be starting his own company, but his own idea of like people that just challenged the whole industry. And I told him, I want to be a part of that. And he looked at me in the eye and said, you're not ready, like without even hesitating or anything. And that, that's hard to hear when you haven't had any sort of review process for you know 10 years at that point. And someone looks in the eye and says, you're not ready. You're like, oh, okay. How do I get ready? You know, that, and my first response to that was, who does he think he is? He doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't that. It was that he he looked at me and said, you're not where we need you to be in order to get to this space. Turns out he was right. And it took me a minute to figure that out. Well, he ended up passing away. And I sat at his, during COVID, and I, and I um, sat at his virtual memorial with many people that he had touched and they all shared stories about how he had mentored them. He had taken them, made them realize their own skills and their own growth. And it wasn't him. It was them that they already had those skills and they they just needed to kick in the pants, you know? And so that was the, the triggering moment. Like, you know, he passed away early and I knew that I needed to do something. So that way I, I wasn't the one sitting where those people were sitting going, I wish I'd have done this sooner. I wish I'd done this sooner. Now it's like, now is the time to do that. So all those things, all those things kind of aligned. And I just found myself in a situation where it's like, well, if I can't do this for where I want to do it, I have to be able to do this for myself and trust that I can find jobs and work. Yeah. Listen, Oh, you, man, you touched on a couple of different things, like thinking about that process and people in that same place, right? You're, wanting better for yourself you've tried a couple things and you feel like you might be running into a wall or you keep hitting limitations and you can't stop this burning desire inside of you that that tells you you should be doing something better and i i can i mean i can attest to that i've been there i'm there you know sometimes and i think you go through periods of life where you hit this this doesn't just happen once in your life but on top of that there's that moment where you say i'm gonna walk away i'm gonna quit my job and how scary that feeling could be, especially as you have responsibilities 
attached to you, right? You said your wife, she supported it somewhat, right? She knew that you were going to do what you had to do, but it's like, whoa, don't quit just yet. Like, let's make sure we have a plan, right? Because it's it's okay to to walk away from the day job to pursue your passion and your dream and your faith, but do you have some sort of plan and process to help you to get there? Um, What if plan's overrated? Like... I hear you. But, I knew you were coming here. No, because, no, because no. My my thing is, <laughs> it's funny. Um, let's say I've been having a similar conversation. Period. Sometimes, what if the very thing you need is to step out without having all the answers? Like you, you know, you're moving in a direction. You know, this is what I want to do, but everything is not perfectly in line with where you, where you know you want to be. You just got to kind of step the foot. If you don't take this step, the next foot, the next thing won't happen. The next domino won't fall. Like for some of us literally, and and I'm not being too spiritual when I say this, I'm just, I believe this for some of us, your next level is deciding I'm done at that job. Walk out. Yeah. That's exactly the kick in the butt you need. So where where's the balance with this whole have a plan thing and actually taking a step? You know what? I'm going to say this. I think the idea of having a plan, our mind immediately goes to having step one through 300 figured out in terms of having a plan to be able to walk away. And I think here's some clarity that needs to be needs to be said. Because I had to get here. You know me. I'm a, I'm a preparer. I'm a planner. Having a plan could simply mean, you know what? I got a couple people that I think can help me. I'm done with this. And I'm going to figure this part out in terms of my expenses. And you push the button and you walk away. That yeah. could absolutely be your plan. So I'm I'm with you. I'm with you in terms of not needing to have a plan. And I think a lot of people hear that you need to have a plan before you walk away, which prolongs your launch. Right. And then fear just builds up even more. I'm with you. You don't need to have one through 300 figured out. You just need to have a plan for what these next couple of steps are going to be, because you're going to have to take at least one or two, two more steps that I can agree. Next, next, next couple of steps sounds feasible like i'm gonna walk out then i'm gonna do this then i'm gonna do this and then i will figure it out after, <laughs> after all at the next i was like all right all right for I'll me you. it was a couple of things like i had it one where i thought maybe the current company that i was working for would keep me on as a consultant and i could do that so that was option a which would have worked option b was i could subcontract so i could do something different Option C was I that they have freelance places that I could go. And option D was I could just go back to doing what I was doing, you know, for another company. So, so it was like th- having those four steps and being able to communicate that in the order of desire of what I wanted to do was helpful for me because I felt like I had five parachutes at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, if this doesn't work, I got this backup plan and that doesn't work. I've got this other one. And, you know, they're in decreasing levels of desire, but they are in increasing levels of this is what I'm going to do on my own. So I was still on my own at that point. Just the happiness factor wouldn't have been as as great, if you will. You know, it's funny. We having this conversation this morning. I'm scrolling looking for, you know, my daily affirmations, just looking at quotes. I do that every day. This one hit me this morning. God is not asking you to figure it out. 
God is asking you to trust that he already has. And I think that based on your belief system, whatever your belief is, your higher being, if you believe in a higher being, I think that that's part of the plan is you don't have to have it all figured out. You just got to trust that it's figured out for you already. You just got to be courageous enough to push the button and take a step. That's where I think that that comes into play. Um, AJ, it, I, I wanted to make sure that we touched on some of the groups uh, and organizations that you collaborate with because you're doing some some real impactful stuff in the community. Uh, namely, I believe it's, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is the uh, Hands Across Tampa Bay uh, organization that you're working with. Uh, can you uh, talk to us about yeah. all of the different orgs? Sure. So Hands Across the Bay is a local Tampa uh, charity. It's run by Julia Weintraub, and uh, she owns a Golden Diamond Source um, here in Tampa. And so um, I met them through Tampa Bay Tech for Good, which is another group that I work with also. So what they do is they are part of TechSoup, which is an international organization. And then here, Erica Woods uh, is a friend of mine. She runs the Tampa Bay Tech for Good and she partners nonprofits with technical people. So if you have website design skills, uh, Shane, you were talking about your audio skills and audio producing. So if there were people that were looking to make a commercial or something like that, you could donate some of your time to a nonprofit. They now get your uh, expertise and your skill set, or you could at least mentor them in you know, some capacity. And then at that point, they are now better off for that. So at the time, I, I dabble in a whole bunch of different things. I'm like a human platypus when it comes to IT. So when it, I was doing, doing some web development with um, just on the side for fun. And so there was a group that was needing some web dev stuff, and they had a hackathon for this Tampa Bay Tech for Good. And so I was doing some requirements that night, figured out what they wanted. I was able to turn that into a document that they ended up using for here's what we can actually do at this hackathon in September. So they redid their whole website and I ended up working with them and I knew that they needed a way to track all of their uh, volunteers, all of the people that they help their constituents, all of their um, just everything, you know, how they do their, their job. And so I ended up partnering with another company called congruent x and they do uh crm work just like i do they were just starting out and i said hey this would be a fun joint venture for us to do we can donate our time get some um, consultants on this and then give them a first world experience on what they can do the platform and did that so that, that's been great for them they love it they are able to get metrics out of the system that they couldn't do before that took them you know hours to figure out reports and whatever so they can track a whole bunch of different things that they weren't able to do necessarily and it allows them to still operate at scale so there's only three of them that work in the office now they can still operate and uh, do do good if you will that's awesome that's awesome. Now, you also work with an org that helps to put tech or get uh, tech people of color in different workspaces? Correct. Uh, so that's the Power Platform School. And that is the brainchild of Trisha Sinclair. She's out of the UK. 
And what that does is uh, what she found was that uh, people of color, specifically black people, are underrepresented in IT. So in the UK, it was 4%. I think in the US, it's 3% uh, of representation in IT. And so she's like, we have to fix this. Uh, she's, she said, I'm tired of going into an organization and I, I don't see people that look like me. I don't see people that have the same cultures I do that, you know, that it's just, it's completely different. And so she wanted to change that. So she's, she launched this, they had um, one program their first year that they just had their second one here in, uh, in February. And um, so I helped with that, I helped on the website stuff for them. And then also on now the, some of the backend stuff that we're getting ready to completely redo and make it easier for us on the organizational side to intake people and then process them, et cetera. But the, the whole thing is it's all volunteer. Everybody volunteers their time. They have sessions for, if you are an adult learner and you want to get into it and you have minimal it skills and access to a laptop, then it's an eight week course that will walk you through the entire power platform. And at the end of that, you will have made an application. You will have done some reporting. You will have built your own um, automation tools. And then you will also have probably done a hackathon at the end. That's been the way it's worked the last two years. So out of all of that, um, they pair you with a mentor too. So now it's, multiple people trying to help individuals grow and it's all just uh, there for that purpose. Now, is this something just specific to the Tampa Bay area? This is it. So she's out of the UK. It's in the UK and in the U S and it's people of uh, right now. It's just those two programs, the UK and the U S. So it's anywhere in either one of those areas. So if, if someone in the audience is listening to this and they want to get involved, where can they go? Uh, the power platform school, excuse me, power platform com, And you can check that out, sign up to be a mentee is what they're known as. And then they'll walk through the whole process, introduce you to the tech. And you have, uh, like I said, just, it doesn't require, an IT degree or an IT background, but if you're proficient in Excel and you can do some normal Excel things and you, you've got kind of that background, then it's a perfect opportunity. Cost nothing. It's an eight week program. So, and that is kind of intense. So you have to have a couple of days a week where you can dedicate to that, but it's eight weeks. And at the end of that, the goal is to fit you into a either consulting role or uh, introduce you to people that are looking to hire. That's pretty dope, man. You know, our audience, if you're thinking about getting into IT, you have an interest of some sort, this may be a program for you, especially if you're a person of color, you know, and and that that's a topic that, you know, people start to get a little cringy around, oh my gosh, we're talking about people of color and race, but in today's climate, you know, you and I had a real in-depth conversation about yeah. helping helping black people African-Americans, people of color to be better represented. Now, as an, as an ally, as the world would refer to you as, why get into that space as an ally? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. So uh, I think that it's a, that's a interesting question. <laughs> I don't know that I was necessarily prepared for that question. Um, but 
frankly, it's hard. I think that, that that's the that's the first answer. It's it's hard. It, it's something that it's like yeah. If there are three percent of black people, specifically in the U, in the U.S., that are in IT, well, how is that going to change? How is that going to be different? Because that's not how we are statistically in the U.S. Right. So that's not the norm there. So the norm should re- reflect that exactly. And so if we don't have um, we don't have STEM programs that are dedicated to people of color. If we don't have these other tools that are available to grow and mentor folks. And, you know, if you're looking at the, I think you and I had the, the conversation of there are people of color in IT. They tend to be uh, people of Asian and South Asian descent, right? So that, that tends to be where they, where things go. What are the opportunities for those 3% of black people to say, well, here, try this out. Here's something that you can do without having other people that can that can help, right? So that, that means the shift of, and the weight of all of that is on 3% of people in IT, which is, in my mind, just BS. So it's, you got to help, you know, you got to help. And I enjoy watching people grow and I enjoy uh, what, so one of the mentees, her name is Moran, and she is, amazing. Like she knows so much IT stuff and she and I've been able to collaborate back and forth. And she actually hit me up um, this week, uh, oddly enough on Twitter. She's like, Hey, I've got this issue with automation and power BI. Can you help me now? Admittedly, I don't do a whole lot in power BI, which is like a reporting tool that you would take metrics and, you know, mass from five or six different applications into one kind of dashboard or one report. But I have a colleague of mine that, that does, and, and I met through Tech for Good. And I said, hey, this would be a, a cool pairing if you're able to kind of help each other out and so on. But th- that's the kind of stuff that I like doing. It's it's taking the woman that I know that is in the Power BI space. She's looking to do more on her own. And so now it's everybody's helping everybody else out. And we can all, again, just rise together. We can all do something and make change individually for people. That's dope. That's dope, man. And and I'm sure you are helping and have helped so many people who appreciate you, whether people of color or not. It's people at the root of all of this. That's... Everything that we're talking about and everything that we're dealing with is people. And we all need help in some sort of fashion. And we want help. Sometimes we're too afraid to ask for it. But it's people like like you. It's people um, like uh, the partners that you, you've mentioned with these different organizations who are raising their hand and stepping up and saying, you know what, I see a problem. And I'm going to do what I can to try to improve that problem, no matter who it is or what it is, there's an issue that exists and we need more people in our communities, just stepping up, raising their hand and saying, I'm going to try to help. You know, that's how we improve this thing that we're all trying to, trying to live within, you know? So let's, we, we have staple questions for our, our guests. And one of those questions is tell us, three people you listen to who you take advice from and why do you listen to those people take advice from all right that's interesting so i don't follow a whole lot of people uh, i'm not huge into social media right but if there were a couple of people uh, i think simon sinek is fantastic 
And I, I think that he has a lot of points that he, he shares that is like, Hey, of the same nature that we were just talking about, right. It's let's all help each other out that, and we can grow. And if you're not constantly challenging yourself, but also the system, then what are you doing? You know, you're just kind of riding in the, uh, the wave pool. Right. Um, but I like to read, to be honest. So I don't follow a whole lot of people. I think one of the things that, um, I'll get into, and one of the books that has been my absolute favorite, favorite. So I suffer a lot from imposter syndrome and I openly talk about that. So, uh, um, one of the things that one of, and one of the books that I read was own your own greatness. And it's by doctors, um, uh, Orbe Austin. So Lisa and Richard, I think are their names. And so, and, and she has a Ted talk. Well, actually they both do have a Ted talk that is amazing. It's like 12 minutes long. Uh, I can send you a link to it if you like, but she talks about her imposter syndrome and how being a black woman in talking to individuals has changed like, her career path where she found herself in the professional world and she was questioning herself and, you know, with the help of, like, and she's qualified. She had uh, all of the degrees and all of the experience that she needed, but it, she still looked at herself inwardly as someone that wasn't like at that level. So that book changed me dramatically. Um, Brene Brown has the gifts of imperfection. So that's another great book. If you want to check that out, bring your human to work by Erica Kespin. That's another one. If you haven't read that one, I would hundred percent recommend that because that's going to talk about all of the reasons why humanity are important in the workspace. And it, I, I wrote so much, so many notes from that book, just of this is what it means to actually go to work and be represented and, and represent something, right? Have a purpose, have meaningful work that I can do. And then the last one, just because I like to joke around a lot, is called humor seriously. Why humor is a secret weapon in the business and life. And they talk about just the empowerment of humor and how it can change something, change a, a situation and completely flip it. So that to me is, is great. I've been, you know, made a whole lot of jokes and had funny commentary here today, but you know, I, I appreciate some, some serious banter and just the fact that you can talk to people about everything, anything that is awkward or weird, throw humor at it. That's the whole point, you know? Yeah. yeah being able to laugh at yourself is a, uh, a great ability to ride all kinds of storms. Um, and, and I was dancing when you said imposter syndrome because um, I made a post on my Facebook page and, I, and I'm not sure if I follow you, but I should. Um, and it was just basically asking, does anyone um, suffer with this or how do you overcome it? And a buddy, two buddies of mine, a couple people answered, but two people that are, I consider friends responded. One, um, a principal friend out of, um, Talladega, Alabama area, did a whole session on this the other day. And um, he's a really good guy. He was the principal. I don't know if y'all seen it. That was on national TV that made up uh, the COVID song about spraying things down in school. But he had got like a lot of national attention last year. And then the other person was um, a friend, Kat Reinhardt, who's the president of the Association for Popular Music. And uh, we had a conversation. And one of the things she mentioned was... If you suffer with imposter syndrome, make a list, a very specific list 
of things that you do well. And like, for instance, she said, well, you do producing and recording. What software do you use? You use reason. So if you use reason, you don't have no reason to feel ashamed that you may not understand logic. And it's, it's just very specific things that once you realize or come to the conclusion that you are the master or the expert in this space, what is there to feel afraid about or intimidated about or less than about, you know? Mm. So shout out to you, Kat. Um, you really helped me out that day. Man, that's so dope. Oh, that's that. Yeah, I love that. We can take an idea and then all of imposter syndrome is, is just negative thinking in your head. That's it. It, it. It's it's all internal. And, you know, the second that, you know, we talk and we collaborate and you go, oh man, you did an awesome job on this Vic. This is it, like, that kind of lifts you up and you go, oh, I, I did. All right. But you're comparing yourself to not only, you know, your, your experience of what you know, but you're comparing yourself to someone that's been doing this for however many years, right. You know, Shane's like, I'm not Quincy Jones. And it's like, yeah, man, you don't have to be, it's okay. You can, you can do whatever it is that you're trying to do and still those people had to build themselves in, you know, producing or whatever it is that you're, you're doing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's this thing. That's a competing thought that happens with us internally. The more information you expose yourself to and you learn, the more you realize you don't know, which makes it so much easier for imposter syndrome, AKA negative thoughts to creep in because your mind gets blown to the fact that, Oh my God, I thought there's so much more I didn't realize was out there, but you got to fight those, those thoughts and those feelings. That's the uh, Dunning Kruger effect is is what what is it called? The Dunning Kruger effect is named after two of the psychologists that really studied imposter syndrome. And hmm. so they see it as uh, like you know, a, a sine wave, right? So it starts out high at the top and then it dips down and then it comes back up, right? So that's where they saw it is your level of knowledge about a topic is, or I'm sorry, your level of confidence about a topic is really, really high the less that you know about it. But the more hmm. that you know about it, the less your confidence grows, you know? And yeah there have been just prominent people that have suffered from this. Yep. I was, it was brought to me called the sphere of ignorance, mm-hmm. right? The sphere of ignorance, your circle grows, the more you learn realizing that there's so much more that you don't know. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's the interesting thing about being a, a scholar or a PhD. Cause that's one of the things they tell you. Like after you finish your dissertation, that you're supposedly the expert on whatever topic. And just imagine reading hundreds and hundreds of pages about a very specific thing and then um, feeling super small at the end of the process. Mm. And that, that's exactly what the process of receiving a PhD is. It's like you never. And that would explain why so many scholars, especially new ones, have this. It explains two things. Why so many new scholars have that imposter syndrome and suffer from it. But why so many academics are so snooted and so stush and think they're the greatest thing on planet earth is because it's almost like an overcompensation for really admitting we don't really know much. So the, what I find is the other end of being the expert is that jerk that think, you know, everything. And it's just kind of like a mask if you're really being honest, because none of us really know anything. 
if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think that that what you describe isn't just in the academic world. I think it's in life, right? Yeah. You try to overcompensate for the fact that you really know deep down that you don't know much at all. Yeah. Or you're not willing to accept it. <laughs> or you're not willing to accept it. Yeah, man. That's what's up, man. Well, or AJ, man, it, it has been great having you on this show, man. You've educated us. You've you've dropped some gems. You are doing some amazing things that we want you to continue to do and to let us know how we can support you and help you. Uh, do us a favor. Tell the audience where they can find you if they uh, would like to connect with you in terms of your business and how you might be able to help them. Sure. So you can check me out at betransparent.com or on Twitter at betransparent. So and that it's so it's transparent, not transparent. So it's that you're using data trends to be open and honest with uh, how you do business. That's the goal there. So yeah, I appreciate you having me on your show. This has been so much fun. I felt like I took over your whole show, man. It's um, it's okay. Yeah, this is the way it's supposed to be. Our show is not about us, you know, and I hope that, you know, our audience or if this is your first time rocking with us, you get that feeling that we spotlight our guests and the people we're talking to because there are a lot of people like you who are doing some really dope stuff. Well, I love doing stuff that are different. So if that, if you have any sort of, you know, need at all, you want to check out some things, you want to collaborate together, I'm 100% open to that. Let me know what you want to do and let's figure out something. Before we go, I got to put you in the hot seat. This podcast, when are we starting? Oh, man, why you got to do it to me? There it is. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I was listening and I didn't say much. Um, The format, if you have one or two ideas, just start. The format's gonna come. Um, if you, I could send you some beginning podcasts. We really got going April of last year, but it took us a whole year to get to that point where we were recording on the phone. We were kicking around. I mean, so many different things. So I think the key to really finding the format and finding the rhythm of what you want to do is just to go because you you you'll get into it and then you'll be like, oh crap, I could have did this. I can do this. I can do that. I can go this direction, and you'll find that. It, it becomes a lot less daunting. So when right, we start well, the show, I'll, I'll, I don't know when it, it'll <laughs> happen soon. All right, but when it does happen, I need both of you to come on it, and then you get to talk for the entire time, and then I just get to be there, and then that way it's fair. Like I came Sign on your up. show, I just dominated, and then <laughs> I need fine. you to come on my show, and then I just sit back and. Uh, I have somebody else take the wheel. <laughs> let us know the topic, and with, or let Vic know. I, I he'll let me know, and we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, that's we'll, there'll, nice. there'll be no topic. It'll just oh, be you even guys. better. All right, that's perfect. him. That's him. Then yeah. you you pass that to Shane, who will then give me some bullet points of talk about this and this, and we'll see where it goes. I would love just to do an interview back and forth just to say, hey, let's talk about questions where I'm just putting you in the hot seat the whole time, that'd be so much fun. And then you could talk about, because I guarantee you have stories. I guarantee you, you can talk about purpose all day, Vic. I guarantee that you can talk about the people that you help, the things that you do, and because you do amazing things, right? And so I want to hear about that. Shane, I think we just met today, so I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, 
experience like from what we talked about previously but uh i know that you do cool stuff and you can showcase that too like set it talk up. about those things yeah all right fine set it I'll up do it we'll name it and <laughs> it will be a fun show all right and as always we can help you at, along the way sharing our experiences with you and then i'm sure hans would love to help you and show you the ropes <laughs> and that is a, a trip Hans, you heard it. Hans, you heard it. We'll pass it. He is. (laughs) He is. He's so funny on his show. Like, if you've not checked it out, check out uh, Hans' show on on Haps.tv. And then he has like a whole bunch of different uh, platforms too. But yeah, Hans Ekman, he is, he's so good at at what he does where he's just chill the entire time. He's just chill. It's, it's just, I've got this question and yeah. it's so his tone just stays almost like he should be on NPR. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just so like, Oh, interesting. And then he'll say that like, Oh, interesting. Like the thought had never occurred to him ever. And you know, like you've already talked about this with him at, like at depth and you know that he's like, Oh, okay. Huh? So then here, and then he'll just follow it up with the next question. And, but he's also hilarious. Yeah. Like dry, funny. Yes. Very much so. Very much so. Well, let's do this. Let's close out this show. Uh, For our audience, if you're new here, we always close it out with a quote that we share uh, with you. And this one is important as we have spent this time talking about processes. Our quote today says, it's a slow process, but quitting won't speed it up. Process, but quitting won't speed it up. So as you are looking at your life, trying to figure out what's the next step. Don't worry about having a plan. And we understand that the process may seem daunting because it's slow moving. Quitting is not going to speed it up. So keep going, put your head down, find you some support along the way. And I promise you it'll reveal itself. So AJ, again, thanks for coming on the show to our audience. If you haven't already like subscribe, share the show with three people. Contact us on social media at Purpose Addicts. Again, at Purpose Addicts, we're out there. You can also reach out to Shane and myself individually if you want to connect. Heads up, we may be moving over to Clubhouse, opening up a Purpose Addicts club over on Clubhouse, opening up some discussions where you can interact and engage with us live. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, That's a new opportunity to network and collaborate as well as we love feedback so make sure you're rating us on itunes leave us a comment let us know how we're doing as always go live life on purpose we out
Girl.